Hi listeners, welcome back to Manila, a podcast channel for all topics career and finance. I wanted to start a new series called Wine Wednesdays where we discuss finance, investments, and how women, who all have different stories, careers, and lifestyles, manage their money. I saved up my first $10,000 while working as a full-time analyst at IBM. My parents matched that amount and sent me to my bank, RBC, to talk to a financial advisor. The appointment took around 30 minutes where I was guided to open a tax-free savings account, commonly known as TFSA. They advised I invest 60% of my money in RBC's Select Growth Fund and the remaining 40 in an e-savings account. Upon their recommendation, that is exactly what I did. The RBC Select Growth Fund is a long-term, low-risk, actively managed mutual fund. It has a management expense ratio, or MER, of 2.04%, which I would say is on the higher end. It holds 30% U.S. equity, 27% international equity, 17.5% Canadian equity, 20.5% in fixed income, majority of which are A and triple B government bonds, and just over 3% in cash. Equity can be further subdivided into 19% finance, 18% technology, 11.5% industrials, and further decreasing percentages of other industries. Major holdings include Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, RBC, TD Bank, Enbridge, and Canadian National Railway. The fund has distributed an income between $0.21 to $0.81 per unit that you own for the previous four years. Its five-year return high is 12.1% and low is negative 2.8%. The fund webpage has an interactive chart to view your wealth growth if you're interested. So if I invested $10,000 a year ago, as per the chart, today I would have made just over $580 in capital gains. That's a 5.8% increase on my initial investment in just one year. When I made the investment, I was excited and optimistic. It was a lot higher than the 0.05% I was earning as my e-savings account interest, and more than the 1% I would receive had I invested in GICs. Thereafter, I diligently and impatiently refreshed my bank's webpage daily, waiting for the market value of my portfolio to jump higher. It did, but I would describe it as seeping up instead of jumping up. I was definitely doing something wrong, I thought. A few months later, I decided to research other mutual funds offered by RBC. After minutes of searching for funds with higher returns, I shortlisted and bought the International Dividend Growth Fund and the Select Aggressive Growth Fund. In layman terms, the two funds promised higher returns than the Select Growth Fund I then owned. This was enough to quench my thirst for higher returns for a while. Loaded with grueling corporate experience, better financial literacy, and market insights, I sat down a year later to analyze my investments. The International Growth Fund had given me a return of 8%, the Select Aggressive Growth Fund a return of 0.2%, and the Select Growth Fund a return of 2.7%. Upon calculating the weighted average return of my portfolio, my money grew 3%. Guess what? Inflation was pinned at 1.95% that year. Effectively, my money only grew 1.05%, the same as a GIC. I was so frustrated. That return was nowhere close to the 12% I had anticipated, 
and not even at 5%, which was the lower end of my expectation. Now, I'm not implying that mutual funds are not a worthwhile investment. Mutual funds are diversified funds which split your money between bonds, worldwide equity, and cash, keeping your money fairly safe from the tides of the market. The best part is, a fund manager deals with the headache of managing the portfolio and deciding which holdings to buy or sell. If you're happy with your money growing between 2 to 13% annually, all while you are hardly involved, go for it. Go and invest in mutual funds. It might be the right choice for you. However, the returns I was receiving from parking all of my money in mutual funds did not align with my wealth goals. I was disappointed, annoyed, and dejected. I felt like I wasted an entire year of opportunity. Looking back, it was definitely a lesson I value. I wasn't equipped with the know-how or the right set of questions when I met my bank's financial advisor that day. I didn't conduct proper research nor any calculations or projections when I added two other mutual funds to my portfolio six months later. These are the mistakes I made, but they have manifested as reminders when I now assess new portfolios and stock options. I credit it to financial literacy. My advice? Educate yourself. My newly designed portfolio has an annual return of 35 to 42% and is diversified amongst equity, fixed income, and cash without being tied in mutual funds. If you'd like to understand what these terms mean, what questions to ask your financial advisor, and how to go about investing, go to your browser now, type medium.com forward slash at Manella in the search bar and read my blogs. Join in for the next episode to hear how I changed my investment strategy and how I invested my first $1,000 in stocks. I hope you learned something from my blunders. Don't forget to reach out to me on Twitter and Instagram at Thumanella with your investment no-nos. Until next time, have a great day and take care.